Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast, with yours truly, Nate Webb, the founder of Bullies Be Gone. Here on BBG, I go into all things kindness, bringing in guests and experts from all wakes of life. And we are all here for one reason and one reason only, to help you and your kids get over bullies, get off social media, and love your lives. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. Have you ever felt like life is just handing you disaster after disaster, and you feel like your life is a low-key dumpster fire sometimes, and has being kind bitten you in the butt so many times you're just willing to give up? You're definitely not alone. And you definitely don't want to miss today's episode with Al Fox Caraway. She's gone through so much. Like, if it can go wrong, it has gone wrong in her life. But she has still been able to come out the other side an awesome person. She's an international speaker, an award-winning author, and you guys are going to love this episode. But first, gotta pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. So, guys, it is so easy to give up on ourselves. So many of us have been treated with unkindness. So many of us have been bullied relentlessly. And it is so easy to just want to throw it in the towel, throw it in the trash, and just give all the haters what they want and become the person that they say we are. And my guest today, Al Fox Caraway, has an incredible skill of attracting worst case scenarios into her life. And she has been able to rise above her adversities time and time again and become an amazing person. Al Fox Caraway is a New York native who totally uprooted her life when she joined the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Her story of trucking through adversity has turned her into a writer, international speaker, and just an incredible person. She's published three books, and has spent the last 11 years traveling worldwide to inspire others to move forward in the unwanted, the unexpected, and the uncharted. She's freaking awesome, and I'm so happy to have her on the show today. Welcome, welcome. Al, thank you so much. Hi, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Al, where are you coming at us from? How are you guys doing? We are in New York, and it's only six, but it's been dark for like five hours already. <laughs> I know, man. Come and wake me up. My brain has been in sleep mode since like two o'clock hit. So, <laughs> oh man, I hear that. As soon as it gets dark, I'm like, I want to go to bed. Can we yep, just do it's that now? game over. Sun goes down and my brain goes with it. So here we are. <laughs> and here we are. Wow. So Al, you've had quite the life. Um, like, how did you land yourself where you are now? I mean, when you were 20, I bet you never would have thought in a million years you would have been a international speaker and sharing your story for millions of people all over the world. <laughs> uh, yep. Nope. I didn't, I did not plan or pick or choose or seek after a single thing I am doing now. Uh, but I kind of have a life motto and that is to take a chance on our reoccurring thoughts I kind of feel like if an idea or an opportunity comes to you more than once to take it seriously. And I almost have learned that the ones that are the most bizarre or unexpected have brought forth like the most fruit, like yeah. the things that I love the best, almost as if like the idea and the opportunity isn't coming from me, which makes it 
all the more reason to follow it. Does that make sense? <laughs> that makes absolute sense. Like the stuff that we don't plan on, the stuff that just pops into our life sometimes is the stuff that we cherish most because it's life, you know? Um, the, you know that Murphy's Law, it says whatever can happen will happen. It should mm -hmm. be named Al's Law. Um, <laughs> just because whatever has could happen has happened for you, I swear. So let's, yeah, let's, yeah. let's take a stroll down memory lane for a second, shall we? So when you first joined the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or for those of us in the church, it's called the church. Just that's just that that is common vocabulary you're gonna hear from us a lot. Um, for me too, I talk about the church in my channel every now and then. Um, but yeah, you joined the church and totally uprooted everything and went to Utah. And that was rough. R-U-F-F. -F. That was that was tough pickings. Not only, I mean. I mean, it, it, I remember you talking like your, you had your family, um, you know, distance yourself from them. Um, and then you weren't really treated the best once you got to Utah. People from within the church, within the community, you just joined within the place that you just gave your heart to. They were pretty fan flipping tastic awful to you. Um, what kept you going? Like, why didn't you just give up when all the hate was headed your way? You had a million excuses to just throw in the towel and be like, well, screw this. Why didn't you give up on yourself? It would have been extremely easy. So I guess the, a little bit of background is I, I decided to find and follow God when I was 21. So this is 21 years of habits and traditions and goals and just deep rooted into my entire being. And then I decided to do a course change. And because of this course change, um, I got it pretty much in every degree backlash from everyone, from the community I am now belong to, I got backlash. From the community I was now leaving, I got backlash. And then I was left on my own by myself and I wasn't accepted or fitting in no matter what direction I faced. And so it was a lot of trial and error and experimenting and looking within and looking out to be like, wait, what? Wait, how? <laughs> and now what? Um, it was really like, I am by nature an optimist. And, and that doesn't mean that you're happy all the time or that bad things don't happen. It just means that you're productive in your moments of crumbling and right. you look for new paths and different opportunities when the ones you are seeking are ripped away from <laughs> you. And so, but it got to a point where I'm like, wait, I don't feel like me anymore. Wait, I don't even have the energy to even want to go out to the store right now to deal with the issue that I can't seem to get away with. Um, and then it, it, I was like, wait, this isn't living. This mm -hmm. isn't, this isn't me. This isn't how I want my life to be. And it was really some soul searching of what is it that I want? What do I want? What makes me happy? And what do I believe my purpose is? Because once I found my purpose, um, really it was easier for everything else to become noise you know mm, yeah so i think it was finding and pursuing passion and purpose to really move forward um, continuously through it all and wow that is that's crazy and that takes that takes an astronomical amount of trust and faith in god and yourself 
Um, yeah. Like a nutso amount. Um, I like most little white boys in Utah, um, you know, <laughs> haven't had that experience. Um, but like, I don't know. I just hear of all the hate that came your way. I mean, when you first came into Utah, you went into Cafe Rio clutching your Book of Mormon and people were like, well, that's ironic. You know, looking like that with those tattoos holding that book. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like every time I hear you tell the story, I'm just screaming in my head. I'm like, I might've given up. I might've just been like, well, screw this. This sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, but you didn't. Yeah. I mean, we, when we have hard things happen to ourselves, um, in our lives, we can be choose to become bitter and angry and hurt and hurt other people, or we can become better and keep on being better people ourselves. And you obviously went the second route. Um, and I'm like, wow, wow. So anyway, just wow. And you know, it never goes away either because that story you're referring to was almost 11 years, was 11 years ago now. And, and you would think after, you know, you, some people, sometimes people assume like, oh, well, once you reach some level of achievement or, you know, some level of notoriety, you know, that people recognize you that it would go away and, and it actually just, it gets worse. It just snowballed. I mean, yeah. even now I get emails from people within my community saying, uh, you know, I should kill myself. Like I get, I get those still. Oh. I have, I've always gotten those. Um, and there's so many different angles to try and problem solve this and deal with that. I mean, if, you know, you talk about bullies and, <laughs> and, but I mean, like, you know, it's the people that I am supposed to, um, you know come together with that are the ones that are the worst and how do you get away from people that are in your community that you right. have to see and interact with all the time um i i kind of say that a lot of it is due to me being from new york because new yorkers are just really um stubborn <laughs> Uh, we do. I do believe we have thicker skin than a lot of other people from different areas. <laughs> but it got to a point where I'm like, uh, like, I just I refused to believe that my life was going to suck. But <laughs> I refuse to let that happen to me because I'm too stubborn to let that happen to me. Like, sometimes I just take a step back and be like, wait, hold on a second. I am only here living once and Barbara at the grocery store is not going to rip this away from me, you know? And so, um, there's a lot of times I spent laying on the floor, screaming up into the heavens. You know, I, I have pleaded and prayed until my voice would literally just, I'd lose it. My body would just physically ache because of how hard it was you know, from, I mean, people constantly telling you that what, you, what you're doing, you're, you're doing it wrong or that you don't belong. And I mean, people were bringing things that I couldn't even change. They were saying, I don't look the part. And I'm like, well, guess what? I can't change the way I look. So how am I going to deal with something I can't change? Um, the first lesson I learned was that contention never listens. Amen. So no, yeah. So no matter what form people are going to try and come at you with, 
I realize no matter how perfectly crafted your answer is or your, you know, however you respond, it, how you responding at, in any degree just gives them another chance to come in with something else. Contention never listens. And so I learned to literally just avoid it all the time. Yep. That's, it's very hard when you want to like clear the air or um, clean your name and, you know, speak truth that they have probably gotten wrong about you. Right. Um, it's hard because you don't get to tell your side of the story when that happens. But like I said, even when you do tell your story, contention doesn't listen and they, they're not registered. <laughs> so I don't respond um ever <laughs> good uh, and then i realized like wait we got it all backwards you know i mean everything about what i'm doing i i should not be doing if you look at me what i look like in this lds church community just covered in tattoos talking about whatever the heck i want to talk about and and i should not be a poster child for this mormon community <laughs> and 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 yet i i i am to some degree and why? Like, how is that when everything about me says that I should fail before I even start, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, something, so, so many things. Everybody, I hope y'all are taking notes or something because, oh my gosh, I'm, so something you're talking about early on when you're talking about how, like, I only have this one life and I'm not going to allow Karen in the grocery store to wreck it because it's my life, dang it. Um, it reminded me of back, you know, you talked about your snowballing effect, how like, you know, you thought it was bad then, then it's just grown since then. You know, the haters really hate. Um, when I was, you know, when I, when I was four, I got my glasses and giant, giant suckers. I mean, my eyes could see Kolob. Like I was thick freaking glasses and it painted a, a target on the back of my head. Um, and like you said, things snowball like third grade pushed off the swing set fifth grade had a pen stabbed in my butt sixth grade put it in the trash can eighth grade uh the football team took turns kicking me in the groin while two people held me down ninth grade i was put in a dumpster and 10th grade was told to kill myself for the first time in my face and similar to what you're saying i, I was kind of having deja vu when you're like but i knew who i was i had my purpose and that wasn't changing no matter what they said and it reminded me of when I realized who I wanted to be, who I was. You know, I'm a child of God. I believe that I'm a son of God. I am a good person. I'm none of the things that these people are saying. So therefore, what they say carries no weight. They can do whatever the heck they want, but it doesn't change who I am. And so while you're talking about that, I was just having deja vu. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's true with everybody. Um, and so I, I, I love that so much. Everything that you just said. Um, oh, man. So I just oh, keep on oh, going. Yeah. Oh, you're good. No, I was just going to say, I just, we spend so much time pleading for things to be over or things to be different, at least, whether mm -hmm. situational or about ourselves. And, and we see our differences as a weakness or a setback. But what right. so many fail to recognize is that it's exactly what is different about us is what we need to grow in. 
it's our individual differences that make progress and, and, and success and change for the better happen. Because if we were all the same, like, how stupid would that, like, we literally, as a humankind, would not get a single thing done. Um, and like I said, being a completely tattooed member of this church, like, that may seem ironic and impossible, but like, I'm doing it. And I, I do create and I write and I speak and I grow and I conquer and, and, I, and I make things happen mostly because I never were to was told that I couldn't, not by me and definitely not by my God. And it's exactly what's different. And these hurdles that I've gone through is what is making me help the most amount of people. And I know that you are absolutely going to say the same thing from what you and what you are doing that what is different and what you struggled through is exactly what is aiding you in your purpose and your growth to help more people. And, and, you know, I just, I'm tired. I was tired. I've been tired of people telling me how they think my life should be. Like, I don't have time right? to let other people's experiences and advice dictate my decisions. Like I'm only, yeah, I'm only here once and I'm not letting someone else pick it for me. Yeah. Amen. I mean, there's a one in three trillion chance that we become humans. So why the fetch are we wasting our one at bat on the opinion of some hater who doesn't even know who we are? Like they really don't even know us. And we're going to waste our at-bat worrying about what they have to say. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, bye. Yeah, like why are we worried about crap we can't control? We can't control that. We, we can't control the words that people say, the actions people do. We can only control us. And you and know, it's, 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 yeah, it's one thing that will really destroy your soul is thinking and waiting and hoping for change in others. Because it's just not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no. And the funny thing, when I stopped worrying about what other people were saying and doing to me and started focusing on, was I helping other people feel, feel loved? Was, was I serving other people? The weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders because I hadn't realized it, but I was taking accountability for someone else's actions because obviously I was doing something wrong if they're treating me bad. When in actuality, their actions are on them. They're not on me. I mean, what those people did, what, how people treated you, that was on them. That wasn't on you. And, and so I, I love you. I loved everything that you said. Um, and when you say like, how am I like the poster child to some extent of, you know, a tattoo person of, of, of this church or of any church, you know, that talks about your body as a temple and things like that. But when I was thinking about it, I'm like, but you absolutely are because this world is about overcoming and change and progression. And oh my goodness, if someone hasn't progressed more in their life of self-realization day by day, I mean, I'm all about those long captions and you better, I read those things. And like, oh my gosh, heck yes, you are. Um, so fast forward a few years. I mean, you're married to the love of your life. You're with Ben. You have an amazing family. You're three wonderful kids. Um, I mean, you, you, your, your parents and your family, you're on loving terms again. I mean, those things aren't horrible, but Murphy's Law, you know, whatever can happen will happen. And then, you know, things happen most recently, you know, we, we had health issues, dog issues, job issues, and then house issues. I mean, that was. <laughs> we were homeless? Like what the heck? <laughs> 
for what? What, what was it? Like 40 something days? Yeah, 34. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I know. Someone just asked me, they're like, oh, so are you going to write another book? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just released my third one. And every time I wrote a book, I'm like, that's it. I gave it my all. Everything I have ever learned and thought about and experienced, it's in that. I got, I got nothing left. And, you know, you know, time passes. And so I was just released my third book and I put my entire existence into it. So I'm like, there's no way I can write another one. And then and then, yeah, we, we didn't close on our house and we were houseless for over a month living in a tiny hotel room. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the most I've ever learned was in this hotel room. And, you know, you just keep experiencing and struggling and growing that I'm like, eh, well, got to add more stuff to the list. <laughs> and <laughs> that third book, actually, wildly optimistic. You've had, you're probably one of the most unique and probably one of my most favorite perspectives of hardships of anyone that I know, partially because you're not like, I'm so thankful for my trials. No, those suck balls. I hate trials. Um, but um, it reminds me, you know, I think that that title of your book describes you perfectly, wildly optimistic. So explain to us a little bit, what, what does it mean to be wildly optimistic? Because like you said, it doesn't mean that you're happy when crap hits the fan, but how, how can that have a different effect on our perception of hardships? There is always another way to see things. I get, I think we all get so narrowed mindedness on how we think things should go and what we think we want. I think it's safe for us to pursue what we want and be, it's logical to be in charge of our own lives. We feel safe there. We feel like we control can control to some degree what kind of blows that we're able to take if we are pursuing a certain path that we want. Right. Um, but that's not, not once has things gone the way that I have wanted them to. Yeah. And luckily at age 21, I realized, wait, I believe that there is a God and he is real. And it wasn't until then that my life fell completely apart and it's been hard ever, ever since. But I go back to this contrast of, wait, if I believe in this higher power or if I believe in this greater goodness, then if I'm not seeing it, there has to be something new that I can learn um, to add another adjective to the list. For example, if I believe in a God, but I cannot hear him, then I, to myself, will be like, okay, maybe he's showing me another adjective. What is it? I'm always seeing that there's all, good can always come. There's new blossoms in every season. Um, and so I, I'm productive. I look for new avenues, new opportunities. What if I am getting what I'm asking for, but it's packaged different. I believe that good is always there because I believe a God is always there. Am I seeing it? If not, how can I look at things differently to, to see it, to learn something new and grow in that capacity? Man, that is, and that is why I love that perspective that we always have the opportunity for growth, that, that life is always full of good things. If we choose what we choose to focus our, our energy and attention on, I mean, we can't totally ignore the bad things that happen, especially when they're right in front of our face, knocking us to our knees. But if we neglect to even see the good, then, I mean, it's, it does us so much more good 
to see the good. Um, man, so through all this, I mean, the last 11 years that you've been sharing your story, that you've been, you know, giving speeches and firesides all over the place, how has your sense of self evolved even more? Um, what do you mean? Wait, ask me that a different way. <laughs> so we talk. I have an answer, but I don't know if it's the right answer. Ask uh, me again. <laughs> how has your sense of self evolved over the years? My sense of self? Yeah. Um, I don't know. But what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Say it. Do Let it. me talk about something you're not asking about. <laughs> I get asked, I've done, I've, I, I haven't been able to travel at all this, this year to speak. And I felt, was Ooh. feeling a, a sense of, well, lack of purpose in my life, actually, because I wasn't able to do the things that I thought brought me meaning. Mm -hmm. And so I've been saying yes to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Yay me. I, I've been asked a lot, almost every podcast and interview I've done. And they've always asked about these people who are so mean to me. And they always ask, well, what can, what do you wish that they could do? Like, what should they do differently? And, mm -hmm. and it was always putting it on, on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as much as I wish I can educate every single person to ever exist, to just be nice. Not be a douchebag, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it won't. You're going to be blue in the face. And, you know, realizing that it doesn't just come from high school and it's going to be over or, oh, you know, it only exists within my community and nowhere else. And I mean, it doesn't. It will never go away because it's not a high school thing. It's not a religious thing. It's a human thing. And if I realize that if this is a human thing and it's going to keep coming up no matter where I am in life and no matter what I'm doing, I need to come up with a better plan to resolve it because I am exhausted trying to teach all of these other people. Yeah. I'm exhausted to, you know, and it's just unrealistic. And so it's really important to, you know, obviously seek out help and resources if things are if our if they're you know if you can yes but also it's most productive um to really focus on you what it came down to for me is investing time in learning to love yourself mm. it, once when i was 21 and i moved to utah i did not fit in and people took me very personal because if you live in a community where they're told to not get tattoos because maybe God, you know, wants you to treat your body a certain way, then when people looked at me, didn't even consider any other option. One, maybe I'm not a member. Two, may, you, know, uh, you know, maybe I'm a convert. Or three, maybe I am and I'm not anymore and who cares? Mind your business. <laughs> But none of that registered. People would look at me and, and their eyes would bulge out and start walking the opposite direction and people would shield their, their kids from me. But people actually took it very personal because they would look at me and assume that I was raised how they were and I knew what mm -hmm. they knew. And I was being held to other people's personal standard. 
and that's losing before you even start. That's mm. what that is. And so, um, uh, and for the first time in my life at age 22, for the first time in my entire existence, I all of a sudden do not feel comfortable with myself. And this is so foreign to me because now I'm like, wait, I've never felt this before. I don't know how to handle this. This is new. And it was a really long time for me to figure that out. And really it was, it, instead of getting so mad at other people and so mad at the world and so mad at the supposed God and why can't people be different and why can't people just do this and see, you know, and, and it, it's circles, it's unhealthy circles mm. um, is, what, is what that mindset is. And really what it ultimately does is just hurt you and you end up standing still. And I believe that Standing still is one of the worst things we can do, not necessarily even being pushed back, but even just standing in, in place. I don't believe that that's the life we need to be living either. Right. And I realized that I was sta staying put and, and I was going in these unhealthy circles of putting it on other people. And so I really took the time to invest in seeing me and who I am and loving that person, learning how to love that person. Because truly, like I said earlier, once you like who you are, everything else is just noise. People can yeah. say, yeah, you suck. And you're like, okay, I like me. Bye. <laughs> you know? Yes. Amen. Thank you. And that's, believe it or not, that's exactly what I was asking. Like yourself, you learned who you were and you learned to love that person looking back at you in the mirror. Um, there's so many kids out there that are not, they don't love that person that they're looking at in the mirror for one reason or another, whether it be the hateful words of others or because they're constantly comparing themselves to someone else's expectations that are unrealistically set upon them, um, whether it be in person or by social media. And learning how to love ourselves is so, so important. So switching gears a little bit. So I'm a school counselor, right? Um, cyberbullying is a huge problem among kids and adults aren't that great to each other either online. Um, there's a lot of kids who die by suicide because of the hate that they get online and it breaks my heart. Now you are one of the OG Instagrammers, right? Like you, <laughs> you've grown your community organically, but as you become more popular, so has the eye of scrutiny. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you mentioned that the hateful things that people say to you, um, members of the church comment on like your hair, your body, whatever, use it to call you a bad mom or whatever. And I mean, you talk about not responding to the haters. Um, but like, I know, I mean, you're, you're human how, and it affects you, but how do you, I don't know what it, how, how, how does, how does that continue to stay noise? I mean, I know you love yourself, but man, <laughs> I turn it into something. Okay. Um, a lot of the time I can read something and I'm like, oh, who cares? Right. But if I am having a bad day and that, you know, it's just one of those days where it's like one more thing is like your breaking point. That's usually what it is for me to kind of spiral into a, ah, <laughs> because ask, ask Ben, like, <laughs> If, if I'm just like not having a good day and then I see a comment and I'm just like, I, I, I lose it. And 
there's two things. One, you get yourself a good support group because Ben, I mean, he is there and he he's on my side and I can cry to him. Even if I've cried to him over the same thing a million times, he's still there and he's still so, so good. Get yourself a good community to rely on and to build you up and to listen. Um, but there was a really long period of my life where, I mean, you don't. There, there's a lot of the times where you just don't. Um, but I've learned to turn it into passion. Uh, product. Uh, okay, but going back to my roots of being an optimist, saying, "Wait, this has happened. What can come from this?" Right. In a, in a good way. Like I said, I'm I'm always trying to be productive in my moments of crumbling it's never looking back and learning from something when something's over it's like wait this is how i feel and actually this is how blogging started to begin with is was me struggling with something and i realized i i pay very close attention to how i am feeling so not what i went through but how I am feeling. And I build off of that to help others, or I build off of that to help myself get over it and find understanding and and peace of mind. Right. Um, For example, if someone's super, super mean to me and I'm like, okay, how does this make me feel? (laughs) I do. Once I like react and I cry and I get so bugged, I'm like, wait, I don't, we're allowed to feel upset and confused and mad and, but it's up to us whether or not we choose to live there. So once I feel the feels and I'm mad, I realize, wait, I don't want to stay here. How can I get out? And writing, um, writing is what gets me out. Writing is what helps me find clarity and peace and kind of peace. um, Really just like that step back bird's eye level of like the world, my greater purpose, whatever, whatever. But really it's really, uh, how writing for me started now I wrote a lot of books and but I never was a writer growing up that was never a hobby of mine it stemmed from trying to problem solve my negativity in my life that I was receiving Mm. I realized if I have felt mad judged uh picked on uh confused I was I was picking apart those feelings and I realized what everyone's felt that why I feel that is almost kind of irrelevant. Like the story behind it almost becomes irrelevant. But if I tune into those feelings, that's how I'm going to use that to write. And that's how I was able to grow organically mm-hmm. was I was tuning in to these feelings that everyone has felt before. And then that's yeah. when really, everyone connected. And I can honestly say that my favorite, most successful and even viral pieces I've ever written came from the time where my guard was down and I really crumbled from what someone said and did to me. Yeah. And I think in the process, you might've helped that person too. Um, Cause a lot of those people that say things to you, I would not be surprised if, something that you later wrote as a result of what they said struck a chord with them. 
because when I see people, you know, hurt people, hurt people, right? Um, and I see people hurting that are hurting other people. And a lot of times I see people like you who are helping those same people that are hurting them without even knowing it. Um, because like you said, you're sharing those feelings. You're sharing those real human parts of you that make you human, that make you imperfect, but that also make you you, that make us all beautiful and unique. Um, and I feel like that's what we all need to see more of because social media, it's become a dumpster fire of, of just perfectionism, of faults, perfectness. Um, and I mean, stemming off to that, as, as, a, as a person who is pretty popular on social media, how do, you, how do you moderate that so it doesn't drag you down? Because it would be real easy to just be on there a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because heavens knows how many DMs you could just be responding to all freaking day. Um, oh, this is the easy answer. I don't. <laughs> Ta-da! Are you listening, everybody? Are you listening? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I don't. I don't read my DMs. <laughs> I don't have, I just don't. I, and you know, I don't even do that with my emails. I can scroll through a, a lot of them. And actually, um, it's just not, it's just, I can't say yes to everything. And actually, I'm very... I'm, I'm too good at saying no no <laughs> I'm one of those people that say no more than I say yes yeah. but I mean I like to pick up on themes so I'm not like completely ignorant to what's coming in my inbox right. I do scrolling when the time is appropriate mostly when I want to see what to write about next um because people treat me like therapists and I cannot carry the weight of other people's problems like that to try and fix everyone definitely not individually no. um, i think there are more appropriate people that are better equipped to handle those like things. actual therapists right yep exactly <laughs> exactly but no i mean people i don't know why but people just they feel too comfortable telling me everything and i and i want I... i'm just not so anyways, what I do is I, I can, and I do scroll through, um, and I pick up on themes. There's always themes within people's struggles. And that goes back to the feelings. Right. So if people are having a hard time with politics or policy, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. The themes could be, um, how can I, um, know what's right you know what i mean there's always right. like an underlying theme right i like underneath. that I, I think looking for things oh keep on going sorry sorry yeah. no no so i was just gonna say so that turns into a blog post so if i see uh, a in a number of things i won't ignore it but i'll turn it into something that could be used for everyone so a new blog post or a new video a uh, new caption to my instagram and so yeah a lot of the dms i just don't i just can't that's not i don't even don't even put that weight or responsibility on me. I'll search through. Um, yeah, I'll search through and scroll sometimes. I won't even click on them. I'll just see like whatever shows up. The first little snippet. Yeah, the snippet on like the table of contents of your DMs. Right. And I'll, right. And I'll look for like, um, yeah, themes. And I'll address it in a more appropriate way to help more people. So, and I guess kind of tying into that. Am I assuming correctly when I think, are you extremely, because you're really good at saying no, 
so are you really selective about who you follow then? Oh yeah. I follow maybe 200 people and a lot of them are dog accounts, but they are all a hundred percent people that I know in person. Yeah. And I love that because not so, so many kids out there are on social media and they're comparing themselves to everything that they see on there. And they follow way too many people that they don't know personally, a, um, that don't make them feel good. No. Um, and you know, I've, I fell into that trap when Instagram was up and running and growing. Now, you know, in Utah, where I used to live, the Instagram and this influencer community, even five years ago, when it was first growing and blossoming, blossoming, and it was an exciting thing. And they have these like community meetups, right? These meetups. And I worked for the LDS church in downtown Salt Lake at the headquarters. And I would have to go to these meetups, not as an influencer, but for my job. And I was just like, oh, you're in my community. You're doing this and I'm kind of doing that. And everyone would follow each other, even though you didn't really know what they were doing. And then I realized I was following 900 people. Um, I, and all the people showing up on my feed were not people that I even remember meeting nor cared about knowing more about, right. but then what happened is yes, you get confused to me. What happened was I was confused because you see all of these good things that you feel like, Oh, maybe I should be doing these good, cool things too, that you start chasing dead ends for your purpose yeah and and they get you nowhere to where you want to be with your personal goals and so it's not even so you do compare yourself maybe not like oh i wish i was pretty like her but it was like oh she did this fun cool idea i should do this fun cool idea even though the we're we're working towards two separate different things we don't see are we see what they're doing but we don't see and compare like our goals and you're like oh that's cool but that's not what i'm doing you kind of lose sight of that and i just i didn't want to lose sight of my purpose and what i was trying to do and so i unfollowed i even unfollowed a lot of my friends because it maybe wasn't a comparison thing but it was a distraction thing from what I knew that I believe my God was telling me to do in the way that I believed he was showing me specifically to do it. It's kind of like the example, you know, I went to school, college for graphic design um, and art, and I almost feel like I lost my edge. I lost what I love most about myself because they were teaching me how to do things a certain way. They're like, no, you don't actually. I mean, we had two weeks in art school of how to hold a pencil. Um, and so they were really teaching you, this is the way to draw. This is the way to art. And I hated it. I always tell my dad, who is an artist, it ruined me. I, 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 I don't paint or draw. I would never consider that a talent of mine. Never even thought about it in the past 20 years. And I believe it's because you see things done a certain way and you're told that maybe you should do it that way too, that you lose your edge of who you are and what you need to be doing. And I think we all could benefit from something like that. Um, Auditing our social media. Yes, do it. Our social media, it is a magazine and you get to choose the articles that are in there. 
And if someone doesn't make you feel good, then unfollow them. I mean, don't, don't be scared. You're going to miss out. Be happy. You're going to miss out on that stuff. I'm, oh, I love people. Let me preface with that. <laughs> you know, something's coming. Don't you? I love people, but I, I blocked my best friend. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know that she knows, but it's been all year, but, and it's not even that I don't like her, but it's like what she did on her stories, like irked me. Right. And because we were friends, she just, she popped up first on everything. And every time I'd open my app, there she would be. And I just would get irked. And I was tired of being irked. And, and I, I blocked her. And my husband's like, well, <laughs> you're friends. I'm like, I know, but I just can't. I can't anymore. So recognize what you can't anymore. And don't talk yourself out of it. Just, just do it because your soul and your brain are going to, thank you. And you will feel lighter and life will yes. just be good. Your life, it's, it's supposed to be good. And if we're not doing the things that make us happy, we are missing the point. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. To anyone who's listening that has insecurities about themselves as a result of, you know, the social media about, you know, seeing those fake perfect people that are online. I want you to know that a, and, and those people that might be treating you with unkindness, that is just insecurities. They're projecting on you. And don't let the hateful words of others define you. Don't let the unrealistic expectations, the standards of fake people define you. You're wonderful, beautiful, amazing, and perfect just the way you are. And don't forget that. Don't let someone else who you don't even know, someone else who you are only seeing pictures of, dictate your happiness. Um, audit that social media, unfollow everybody. Actually, that's one of the reasons I, I stuck my neck out. I'm like, why not? I'll message her. I'll ask if she wants to come on. Cause so my mentor, um, a guy that, that brought me onto his podcast and encouraged me to keep speaking, um, Colin Karchner. Um, uh, I know. Um, and anyway, I looked at the P I was like, who am I going to talk to next? And, um, and I was like, Colin, help me out. So I went over to his page and I looked at the people who follow him and I saw you. I'm like, no fetching way. Um, <laughs> and, but was something that he talked about a lot was auditing your social media. Um, so it doesn't drag you down. Um, how he puts it, the only people he follows now is his wife and a happy old man that shares cheerful things. Um, his name's Russell. His last name's Nielsen. Um, um, but yeah, so, oh man, I could, I could sit here and talk to you. I follow days. memes. <laughs> hey, For me too, real. yo. Well, it's like we just talked about the whole first half was we're talking about things that we're not in control. How can we act to things that are out of our control? But guess what? This is something 100% in your control. So it's like, why not take control of your mental and spirit, like your whole beings, like well-being? Like. Yeah. Make it what you can't you see what I look like, right? This is just audio, but I'm pulling my face down <laughs> with all the energy of just like you guys, like, ah, take care of yourselves. Like, why would you keep yourself? Like, comparison is a poison. We choose to drink. That is something we are doing by, yes, not auditing, by doing these things that are bad habits to go in this cycle that we know yeah. will start a cycle. Like, 
Perfect does not exist. Nope. Um, easy, easy. It does not exist, but optimism does. Hope yes. does. Good, it does. So if Hallelujah. Not, yes. <laughs> so if you're not seeing it, changes need to be made because nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you're miserable, you're feeling down and out, like, okay, what are things that are in your control? Actually do them. Amen. Amen. Um, Al, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a voice to the castaways, the isolated and the ostracized, for being the example of love. Even on your bad days, you're still helping other people. On your worst days, you're helping the most people. Um, and I speak for my audience and for myself when I say that we love you for that. Um, so Al, where can people find you? Shameless plug time. They're probably following you if they're listening to this because yeah, but shameless plug time. Everywhere. Just type in Al Caraway. Al, like a dude. You're not hearing it wrong. It's just A-L. Al Caraway is on Instagram, on Facebook. I got my website, alcaraway.com. Type me into Amazon. Grab yourself a book because I sound better uh, when I write it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all of those things, they're going to be in the show description too. So go check her out, guys. Um, she, you up, have uplifted me multiple times and you didn't even know who I was. Um, and, and that, that, that makes, that means the world to me. Um, so yeah, go check her out. Um, and go check out her books anywhere where books are sold. We have more than the tattooed Mormon cheers to eternity and your latest wildly optimistic, um, anywhere. Is where that they sell books. Um, yeah, that's like your life work at this point. We'll see what happens yeah. next year. Um, <laughs> um, and then remember, uh, just go check out, um, my Insta, uh, bulliesb.gone for your daily dose of positivity and never forget guys, you are wonderful. You are worthy and you're worth it. Go home and give your kids an eight second hug and we'll see you on the next one.